From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. On this episode of Fragmented, Kaushik and I sit down and talk about the Shapeshifter program with Alex Lockwood. Alex is the author of the Shapeshifter tool, which can be found at shapeshifter.design. The Shapeshifter tool allows you to animate SVGs, so you could just animate it as a general animation, or you can even use it as a tool to morph from one thing to the next. You may be very familiar with this if you are listening to this in a tool such as Pocket Cast, which utilizes this concept in the play pause button. When you press the pause button, it morphs into a play button, and when you morph and you touch the play button, it morphs into a pause button. These types of things can be accomplished through the Shapeshifter tool. And that's what we're going to dive into right now. This episode of Fragmented is brought to you by BuddyBuild. BuddyBuild is a mobile-optimized continuous integration and delivery platform that takes minutes to set up. Thousands of mobile development teams love BuddyBuild because it's the fastest way to build, test, distribute, and gather feedback on their apps. With every Git push, BuddyBuild will kick off a new build, run your UI tests in parallel on real devices, and automatically deploy your build to your users via Slack or email. With a simple screenshot, testers can send their feedback directly to you along with important diagnostic details. And if your app ever crashes, BuddyBuild will record the frequency, affected users, and traces back to the exact lines of source code that caused the crash in the first place. BuddyBuild gives development teams like yours perfect insight into bugs and empowers you to iterate on your app faster than ever, knowing that you're building an app that your users will love. Join thousands of developers who have already added BuddyBuild to their development process. Try it free today. So Don, I was going through some of the early blogs uh, that I used to follow in my days of beginning Android development, mm-hmm. and there was this one called AndroidDesignPatterns.com that was super famous. There were some blog posts. Oh yeah. Uh, do you remember the one where you know there was like the how to leak an activity or like you know it it was sort of the seminal post at the time for like how one should. Uh, account for and handle memory leaks because of activities and handlers and like all those things. I do remember that. Yeah, that was a pretty popular post. Well, the person who is in charge of that blog has been doing some really cool things recently. And we thought, hey, why not, uh, you know, get him on the show? Because that could be very interesting. That would be awesome. So without further ado, we have with us today, Alex Lockwood. Welcome to the show, Alex. Welcome, Alex. Hello. Thanks for having me. Alex, for the folks that really aren't familiar with any of your writing or anything that you've done in the community, could you kind of give us a little bit of background kind of about who you are, maybe where you work, uh, things that you've done in the community, maybe some of the blog posts or your website or anything like that, just so folks can become just, you know, more up to date with you? Well, first of all, thank you. I didn't realize my blog post was famous. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, It's funny, actually, because... uh, I started blogging and I think in like 2012 when I was in college and at the time it was kind of like it was kind of like the one thing that I did in my free time just to like get away from like you know really tough CMU (laughs) problem sets (laughs) Um, so it was kind of like the one thing that you know like I'd always be happy to like blog or like look at source code and investigate something it's great that it's people have enjoyed them uh but it's also been kind of like something that I've done just to kind of like learn something new. Like a lot of my blog posts, like that uh, handler handler one, uh, I didn't actually know anything about that when I started writing the blog post. So <laughs> oh, wow. a lot of my blog posts, a lot of my blog posts like start out with like, you know, I don't know anything about it. And then I just 
research it, you know, to the death and I come out, you know, you know, more or less like an expert on this one very specific thing. Oh, that's amazing. That's a pretty cool way to like write a blog post. Yeah. But, you know, there are downsides. It it does. Sometimes I do get caught up in these like, you know, uh, month long research blog <laughs> posts and it <laughs> sucks up all my time. Um, but yeah, I'm working on a blog post right now, actually. Um, oh, wow. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Who, who knows when I'll be finished with it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you had like some other uh, pretty early posts too, right? Like I, I remember the one on retain fragments, like, you know, handling the configuration change. Because this was like a hot topic. Yeah. And up until very recently, there was no elegant way necessarily to handle this. So I remember one of your early posts on that too was like a game changer, right? Because I remember I learned about retain fragments, I think, from your posts, if I recollect. Yeah, I think I wrote that blog post because in the documentation for fragments, there was like this like one sentence that was like, oh, user rate retained fragment. <laughs> right. and, <laughs> and I had no idea what it meant. And and, you know, again, it was kind of like, OK, let's see what it what it does mean. And then, you know, I came out of it with this sort of like, you know, retain a fragment on in an activity Um it's a it's good strategy to know about. I do feel like there are sometimes, you know, it, it is. I feel like using like a service sometimes is better, um, just because it's a, the fragment API is kind of a little clunky. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't um, say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, we have seen some of your work from the blog posts, and now we've also ran across something recently that you started working on, which is very interesting. And it's something that I don't have a lot of experience with, but when I see the final outcome of what your what this tool is that you've built, helped create, um, when I see the output of these things, it's just amazing. And that, that tool is, is something known as, as Shapeshifter, and I believe it's at shapeshifter.design. If you, what uh-huh. really, you know, what is Shapeshifter and why did you build it? Shapeshifter kind of came about uh, beginning with a blog post I wrote actually about icon animations. Um, Oh. For uh, I think like last November, I published this uh, one of my one of the more like longer blog posts I've ever written. I think uh, where it was kind of like this overview of all the different ways that you can animate icons in order to you know create delightful details, you know, as described in the material design spec. Mm-hmm. Over the you know a couple of months of time that I spent writing this blog post, it uh, the the toughest part was creating the animations that I was like using as demos in the blog post. And it was really, it was really frustrating, uh, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't really familiar with using design tools. Um, so it was tough to like, you know, I, I ended up having to do a lot of math by hand, for example, like to, in order to let, like I had to like split Bezier curves and, you know, learn the math for Bezier curve splitting. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, it was just kind of crazy um, how much time it took. Uh, and at the time, um, uh, a colleague, Nick Butcher, who I'm sure many listeners probably have heard of, he's also pretty crazy about animations. We kind of got together and sort of talked about like this. This was this is it's way too hard to make animations for Android, and we kind of agreed that it was due to a lack of tooling, like like programs like Sketch and After Effects. You know, they're they're not built to create these very specialized 
icon animations. They're just built to, you know, create, uh, create, you know, a graphic. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter how the graphics are built, just that they look the way that you want them to look. Um, but it turns out that the way that they're structured and built actually is kind of like the deal breaker. Like it, it will, it will decide whether or not, you know, creating that icon animation is easy or hard. Um, and so Shapeshifter was kind of born out of the idea that it should, it should be a lot easier to, uh, create animations. I sort of think of it as like, like a simpler Adobe After Effects, like a simpler and, you know, free open source Adobe After Effects. Oh, that thinking is nice. I like, because then it helps frame what the tool, yeah. like the purpose that the tool is supposed to serve, right? I wanted yeah. to step back a little about one point you said. You mentioned there are like tools like Sketch, etc., that, you know, don't do it exactly well. And this is a huge pain point because most of our, at least like for me, uh, our designers at Instacart, we use Sketch, right? So when they give something and I say, hey, I need vectors because I'm not going to like add PNGs and increase my Android app size. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, SVGs, no no sweat, right? Uh, Sketch has like this option where you can like point to an image and just export the SVG. Uh-huh. The most frustrating thing, though, is like you'll have this SVG, but you can't use SVGs directly, at least so far on Android, right? Well, you can use libraries that do that. But if you're going the support library version route, then... Typically, what you have to do is you have to convert that SVG into what is called a vector drawable, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and for the life of me, this frustrates the heck out of me because almost 90% of the time, there's that there's, it's never perfect. There's always something weird that's happening with the vector drawable file that's, uh, that you have uh, converted from, like, you know, the SVG file. So with respect to Shapeshifter now, There's something a little different, though, because it's not just about vectors. It's not just about vector drawables. Uh, Android also has this thing called animated vector drawables, which means you can, like, actually do animations on top of the vectors, right? And that's where, like, Shapeshifter comes in. Is that, like, uh, sort of leading it into, like, the right... Um, Yeah, initially it was all about, you know, making it easy to create animated vector drawables. Uh, I, I kind of used it... While I was working at Google, I used it as like a tool to help, you know, explain how animated vector drawables work. But uh, you mentioned earlier that it's tough to import SVGs uh, and convert them to vector drawables. And something I realized kind of after as I was writing the tool was that you can actually use Shapeshifter to import vector drawables as well. Oh, um, very cool. You, so yeah. you can almost use it as a replacement for the tool that you typically otherwise would use, like yeah. Android and, Studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice because, uh, you know, you also, Shapeshifter also gives you a preview of what the vector drawable will look like. So you know immediately whether or not it's screwed up. That's fascinating. Yeah, a secret, kind of like a secret uh, in how it works is that what I do with and what I do when I import the SVG is I just run it through SVGO. Mm-hmm. For uh, for a while, I was using a forked version of SVGO. Uh, there was um. What, what is SVGO? Yeah. What is that? Good question. Yeah. Right. Uh, SVGO. It's a SVG optimizer. It's like a okay. optimizer tool that you know on the web. It's important for SVGs to be you know the smallest size possible so that your payloads aren't enormous. Uh, and what SVGO 
allows you to do is it just allows you to sort of like, uh, you know, drop in an SVG and then it returns an optimized version that appears the same to the viewer, but it's encoded like it's encoded so that you know the the uh, structure of that SVG is as small as possible. You know, it's using the smallest number of drawing commands to draw all the paths. It doesn't have unnecessary metadata inside of it. Um, oh, that's cool. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's almost like the image compressor thing that they use because SVGs are typically XML based, right? Or if I remember correctly, yeah, they are yeah. XML based, right? So uh, yeah. it maybe like you know removes the cruft and like does it like shorten it or something like almost like some of the things that we do for like JSON on the web days, right? Where you want to like compress it and like try to keep it as tight as possible. Yeah. Um, there's also a there's a site svgomg dot uh, that's funny. I'm not, I can't remember the exact URL. Uh, it's written by Jake Archibald, who's a developer okay. advocate for the Chrome team, I think. Oh, nice. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, if you just Google that, it'll be like the first Google result. Um, and it's a, it's, it's pretty, it's basically like a web app that runs SVGO under the hood and you can just drag and drop your SVG files in the browser and it'll uh, show you, you know, the before and after code of what that SVG looked like in, you know, the optimized version. Yeah, that's very cool. We'll definitely make sure to add links to all of these things that you're mentioning in the show notes. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Um, yeah, what I do uh, under the hood in Shapeshifter is I just, when I import an SVG, uh, under the hood, I run SVGO on that SVG. And the result is, you know, an optimized version um, and that optimized version is much easier to parse. So there's much, uh, it's much less likely that I'll, you know, encounter some, you know, weird foreign object that would otherwise result in the vector drawable looking, you know, not the way that you want it to look. Um, so I, I think that's kind of like, uh, it's not something that the Android studio, uh, SVG to vector drawable importer does. Um, and I don't know, I, I think it's, it's, in my experience, I've always used Shapeshifter to import SVGs, although recently there have been improvements to the Android Studio importer. It's funny that you're, you're, while you're talking about this, I went and used the SVGOMG tool and I just imported a random SVG I had from one of my projects. And, um, I, once I imported it, it gave me a little report down at the bottom saying how much uh, I'm saving. And it says it saved ninety two per ninety eight percent saved. Like, that's how much like it took care of it. Like that's wow. insane. So yeah, yeah uh, definitely worth uh, taking a look at. Maybe the Android team might uh, hint hint might want to look too. I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you were telling us about like the mechanism that you use essentially, like uh, how you use like this SVG optimizer, like to load it into Shapeshifter. Uh, so, by the way, you actually gave a really good talk recently uh, about Shapeshifter at DroidCon, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we'll add a link to those slides that you, uh, you sent our way. I guess at this point, what we want to do is uh, talk about, like, you know, just like the the tools and like, because uh, Shapeshifter obviously is like the subject here, right? So, how I want to start using Shapeshifter, right? So, like, uh, yeah. 
where do I start? Like, how do I approach this problem? Let me let me ask you even before that we start with that. What kind of animations can I do? Oh, yeah. Or what's a typical mm-hmm. use case of using Shapeshifter? I guess um, the the animation type the animation I go to uh, is the play to pause animation uh, that you might have seen in like the uh, I think um, podcast podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Um, yeah, it's this really cool animation where you where you basically like split a, po- a play icon in half, and the two halves of that play icon morph into the two pause uh, rectangles. Um, uh, you know, simple animations like that uh, has always been kind of the goal. Uh, you're not going to be able to create, you know, some crazy fancy, you know. Uh, Adobe After Effects type animation, at least not yet, probably. Um, but you know, that's kind of been my goal. And, you know, with Android, you know, those sorts of delightful details can, uh, you know, they can make your app feel, uh, much smoother, more, uh, easy, easy to use. Uh, they can smoothen the transitions between different states. Um, those are the types of animations that, you know, I've been mainly targeting. I remember like one of the super famous animations in the early days, it was, it was almost like a party trick that like, you know, the Android folks had was like, you know, the side navigation menu that would transform from like the hamburger menu to like the back button. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that pattern, like, for the most part, is, like, <laughs> no longer present, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, so it's essentially, like, icon, anim- like, vector animations, right? Yeah, so that's another that's another animation that you could easily create with Shapeshifter. Um, that one's uh, also similar to the play pause icon because you're splitting, you know, an, a hamburger icon is three rectangles, and you want to transform that into a, back arrow which is just you know one single shape and the question is how do you how do you animate three shapes into one shape and shapeshifter shapeshifter allows you to uh you know split up that pause icon so that it still looks like a pause icon but you know secretly it's being drawn as three you know disjoint shapes being pasted together kind of and once you split up that that back arrow into three shapes it's you know it's much more obvious how to morph that into a hamburger icon so how exactly would like this is like a great uh example right how exact so i want to do that animation right and assuming yeah. there aren't like tons of resources right now how do i use shapeshifter to do that do i give like a before svg do i paste an after svg and shapeshifter just figures it out uh yeah, how do I use the tool in order to get that animation? So this is this was actually one of the examples I gave in my talk. Um, so if I don't end up explaining this very well, uh, you can just look at the video. Um, <laughs> it's it's sort of tough to explain over you know uh, over you know podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, what you would do is you you'd basically just copy and paste uh, the SVGs, the back arrow and the hamburger icon SVG into Shapeshifter. Um, you, you'll enter some, uh, a path morphing specific mode that will allow you to, uh, there, are, there are tools that allow you to, you know, split up shapes 
there are tools that allow you to assign certain shapes to other shapes, like say and those, are, those the, are inside of Shapeshifter. When you say yeah. tools, okay, yeah, um, they're like little icons at the top, um, and uh, yeah, so there are tools that allow you to s- split up the shapes, uh, assign certain shapes to other shapes. Let me ask you this: If, if I want to, I'm going to use the hamburger example. Still, uh, example, <laughs> if we. Uh, we have, you know, the hamburger, it's three lines. We have the arrow, which is just an arrow. In your opinion, if you were to start with this, what would be the steps that you would go through? Would you just take that? I mean, I'm going to get real low level here. Would I just take that arrow icon and drag it onto the Shapeshifter website and it just automatically shows up as like a, as a layer or something like that? Is that what would happen? Uh, yeah. So it'll automatically show up as a layer. It won't automatically know how to split up the arrow though, right? Because there are, okay. there are many ways that you can split up that arrow. Um, probably what you want to do is you want to, you know, create two horizontal split lines so that the handlebars of that arrow become the top and bottom of the hamburger icon. And then the middle part of the arrow becomes the middle part of the hamburger icon. And what Shapeshifter Draw allows you to do is it allows you to, you know, create those, uh, splits and then, uh, assign the three new subpaths that you created in that back arrow to the three lines in the hamburger icon. Um, and once you've done that, Shapeshifter will figure out uh, how you know how it should animate between those two states. Um, and from that point forward, it's it's mostly just a matter of exporting it as an animated vector drawable, and you can just copy and paste that into your Android app. Oh, okay. Interesting. So these paths that you you talk about, right? So that's, I guess, like the crux of like what enables the animation, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so once you have this shape uh, and you build these paths, you can basically animate those paths to form the new shape. It's just that it's typically easier for us to think about the before and after shapes, uh, but I guess like what we what Shapeshifter is like getting us to do is to sort of like map it out from shape one to shape two, but rather like take shape one, take the paths and then make those paths transform to the second shape. Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier that it was really difficult to write these and that was kind of sort of the motivation for Shapeshifter. Um, you know, create creating those splits like uh that, that was always the difficult part. Like say you had a circle and you wanted to split it in half, like, you know, finding the exact coordinates on that circle is, is, uh, you know, if, if you want it to be exact, at least it's not going to be easy to, uh, you know, figure out the exact locations of where you want the split to occur. And that was sort of, you know, why I mentioned earlier that I had to do a lot of math in order to create animations. I want to step back a little into the basics, right? Because now it's starting to make a little sense uh, for me, like what Shapeshifter is doing, what it's trying to achieve. Uh, Obviously, the first question when, you know, if I was just chatting in general about Shapeshifter was like, wait, how do you achieve some of those crazy, like, animations that you're doing, right? Uh, so I guess a large part of it is also just understanding what what we are capable of achieving through these 
uh, animated vector drawables, right, or animated SVGs. So there are like certain aspects about an SVG that we should probably like let our listeners know because then it sort of opens up uh, our eyes to understanding what is possible, right? When you take an SVG, for example, right, there are like many attributes to uh, an SVG or a vector, right? Uh, does Shapeshifter allow me to animate any of these attributes? Yeah, so initially Shapeshifter was just a path morphing tool. Um, path morphing is what we've been mainly discussing with, you know, morphing a back arrow into a hamburger icon where you're like, you know, animating two arbitrary shapes uh, into each other. Um, uh, but uh, actually, I can't take full credit for this. Uh, there was a previous tool before Shapeshifter called Android Icon Animator uh, that was written by Roman Nurek. Um, and over time, we sort of realized that our tools were very similar. And at the time, he was pretty busy with his own stuff. And he said, hey, you want to, it's fine if you want to like merge the tools together. I think that'd be great. And uh, so, you know, in merging them together, Shapeshifter suddenly became, you know, sort of, much more powerful in that it could also animate rotation, translation, colors, um, uh, all that previously had been a part of Android Icon Animator, which I think Roman started like two or two or two and a half years ago or something. Um, but yeah, so now you can animate pretty much anything that you could do using animated vector drawables. Quick question I had, uh, and this is like more Android specific. Uh, if I had an animated vector drawable, right? How do how exactly do I use it in Android? <laughs> Stepping back even more, do mm-hmm. I have to use like an object animator? Can I drop in like an XML? Because I know what it is with vectors. Like there is like image views that now support vector drawables, right? Uh, what is the equivalent for animated vector drawables? Because if I had to build this animation in Android, I can only think of like animators, object animators, view animators, and all those things, right? Yeah. So first of all, there are great talks on uh, what your the question that you just asked uh, by Nick Butcher. If you just Google search Nick Butcher into YouTube, watch one of his talks, it'll be great, and you'll understand how animated vector drawables work, how to use them by the end of the talk, like guaranteed. Um, he's done numerous talks on this, uh, and you know, this, it's kind of, I, I think actually one of his talks is what kind of inspired me to get into icon animations. Um, but to answer your question, the way I think about animated vector drawables is they're kind of like the glue that connects object animators and vector drawables. So a vector drawable is a scalable, uh, a scalable vector graphic that, um, you know, it, it is composed of groups and paths and you can assign names to those paths and groups. Um, and the, an object animator can target, you know, by name, uh, certain elements in that vector drawable. Um, and it can say like, Hey, I want to animate this path into, I want to animate, you know, the fill color of this path into a different color. Um, or something like that. And the animated vector drawable sort of combines those two things and is kind of like the coordinator of the animation. Uh, you can start the animated vector drawable and the animated vector drawable will, you know, start the animators for 
the different path elements of the vector drawable. Um, uh, if you're asking how to use them, what you can do is you can either use them programmatically by inflating them uh, using, I think, uh, an animation inflator or something like that. Um, and then vector drawables have a, or animated vector drawables have a start method where you can just be like avd.start and it will just start the animation. Um, there's also something called animation, animate, animated state list drawable that was introduced in Lollipop that allows you to, uh, more clearly, uh, assign, uh, certain animations to, certain states so like if a view has a uh, uh if a view has like a enabled state and you want to run an animation when that view becomes enabled you can say like in the animated uh animated stateless drawable like i want to run this animation when this view becomes enabled and i want to run this animation when it becomes disabled um it's uh, I forget if it's, it, I think it might be how like things like the checkbox and radio button animations work under the hood. Yeah. And it doesn't require, it's, it's a little more elegant because it doesn't require, uh, inflating it and, you know, calling a method on it. It just sort of works automatically and you assign, you, uh, you assign that animated stateless drawable to a image view in XML and it will just work automatically. So Alex, I'm looking through some of your slides, right? And you have like some of these interesting terms out of curiosity, just, you know, this is, uh, you have a slide that says Needleman wants algorithm. Mm -hmm. What is that? Then there's like the triangulation algorithm. <laughs> like what exactly is that uh, besides, uh, you know, helping us get some super cool nerd points. <laughs> what exactly are those algorithms used for with respect to Shapeshifter? Um, yeah, so again, this is, it's much easier to explain this visually. There's a slide in the talk that mm -hmm. has a pretty animation showing, you know, what exactly is Needleman Wunsch algorithm. Uh, the oh, short answer is, yeah, yeah. The short answer is that it is something that Shapeshifter uses under the hood to automate the creation of path morphing animations. Ah, got it. Um, okay. So it's uh, it's 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 a really cool application of uh, something I learned in college uh, that is an algorithm used to align DNA sequences. Uh, DNA sequences are just strings of nucleotides like C A C T T A C, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Um, and, uh, without going too much into detail, sort of what, uh, I use it for is, uh, if you think of an SVG, it's also just sort of like a sequence of commands, right? Like ML, C, L, L, C for, you know, move to line to draw curve to, um, oh, and interesting. sort of, sort of what I use that algorithm to do is align, the SVG path commands together. Um, I mentioned earlier that in order for two shapes to be morphable with each other, they have to have the same number and types of drawing commands. And what I use that algorithm to do is uh, in order to align the two strings of commands together uh, in order to figure out an optimal way to, you know, 
make them compatible with each other. Got it, got it. And this is this points more towards like the internals of how Shapeshifter like manages to do it. So it, this isn't necessarily something I would need to know when I use Shapeshifter. Yeah, and a lot of what the pot, the DroidCon talk was about was kind of about the internals of how Shapeshifter works, and a lot just just in general, you know, some cool stuff that happens under the hood. Like this Needleman Watch thing, for example, was something I was pretty excited about when i when i discovered that it actually worked (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i actually remember like the very specific moment where i the where i tried it for the first time and it was it was kind of like when i was when i was you know hitting run for the first time to see if it worked it was like i didn't even really expect it to end up giving like a result that actually was looked nice but it it actually worked very nice and since then, I've actually made like very little improvements to it just because it works so well. Very cool. So you had said something earlier on in this conversation where you had talked about optimizing an SVG. And I found that interesting. And I actually went to the website where I was able to optimize an SVG. And that's where I said we saved like 98% of the file. But recently, you released a, a tool. And that goes by the name of AVDO, which on a side note here, as soon as I thought I saw it, I thought avocado. But that's completely different. <laughs> Um, I've got a good name, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I released it yesterday. Maybe I can just change the name to Avocado. Oh, you should totally do it. Avocado would be such a good name. It, but um, it looks like it has something to do with uh, optimization of SVGs. But, but Frander, can you explain what AVDO is and what it does? I started it sort of like as an experiment. Uh, I had been working a lot with SVGO and Shapeshifter, so I had like sort of gotten like a really good idea of how SVGO works and how it actually optimizes SVGs. And what this tool sort of became was a AVD slash vector drawable specific tool uh, that works similarly, you know, like with SVGs, you can just copy it in and it'll result in a optimized SVG. Uh, this is similar in that you can just like, you know, say like optimize this vector drawable and it will output a optimized version that uh uses you know the fewest amount of drawing commands possible uh which is important because you know during inflation like when you're inflating your view hierarchy under the hood what needs to happen is those vector drawables need to be uh parsed and interpreted and uh once you know they're parsed you have to execute all of the drawing commands and obviously the less time you spend doing that, the more efficient your activity startup will be. Um, there are lint warnings actually in Android Studio now that warn you if your vector drawables are too complicated. So like if your paths are more than 800 characters long, it'll give a warning and be like, Hey, maybe you should rasterize your vector, like convert it to a PNG or, uh, simplify your path. Um, because it'll, you know, it'll, it might be a little too complicated and might end up actually, uh, negatively impacting performance. So yeah, so this AVDO tool right now, it's sort of like an experiment, like to see whether people find it useful. I know in my experience that, uh, SVG to vector drawable, uh, importer, exporter tools, uh, can generally like result in pretty, unnecessarily unnecessarily complicated you know outputs 
it has definitely, I've definitely seen some improvements uh, with this tool. Um, and I guess I'm just sort of releasing it to the outside world to see if other people find it useful as well. So all this is cool. And we've come like, we've, I, I think at this point, we have like a bunch of uh, ideas and tools that we have uh, come about, right? So maybe I was thinking maybe at this point, we can like summarize uh, as an Android developer, how all of these uh, different tools are going to be super useful, right? Because I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go back uh, into work today, right? And I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to start using some of these tools? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to go and run with this summary and you guys tell me if, you know, I'm I'm summarizing this right, if I'm missing something. So I want to add like this funky new icon or like vector animation. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, I got to create this sucker first. So uh, I'm going to work with my designer, say, hey, uh, from shape one to shape two, this is how I'm thinking. I got this tool. Don't worry about it. I'm going to, you know, or I'm just going to send an email to Alex and ask him to build it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have these SVGs, so I'm going to clean it up with this SVG OMG tool. I'm going to plop it into Shapeshifter. Shapeshifter is going to plop out an animated vector drawable for me, right? Uh, I'm going to use Avocado to clean that up, <laughs> and then I'm going to <laughs> pop it into my Android application, right? So is that like the general sort of workflow that we're thinking, like if I want to achieve like an icon animation? Uh, yeah, pretty much, Um you won't actually have to use avocado. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's sticking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You, Shapeshifter already does that. So when you export it, it will oh, be wow. optimized. Uh, a lot of, a lot of what, you know, this tool was, it was sort of kind of like inspiration in, uh, what I had already written in Shapeshifter. And it was kind of like copy and paste from Shapeshifter into a command line tool. Uh, so yeah. Also, but what I could do is my existing vector robles that I have, not just animated vector robles, I could run the tool against those, right? And yeah, then right. just clean all out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so there's also um, something else that's been kind of popular out there, and we spoke to someone else on the podcast here, and that was uh, something known as Lottie. So it's one of the other libraries that's out there. Um, have how does Shapeshifter kind of compare to Lottie, or is it just in a completely different category? Yeah, so Lottie is great. I love using Lottie. Um, what Lottie basically is is it is what I, the way I think about it is it's like a way to sort of connect developers and designers together and make you know their interaction uh, much more seamless. So like designers will use Adobe After Effects to create their crazy fancy animations that I could never write myself. And they say, hey, I want you to add this to the Android app. And without Lottie, the developer would have to be like, okay, I'll just have to, you know, you know, analyze this animation and like completely rewrite it from scratch. And it will take forever. Probably won't work on all devices. But yeah, so what Lottie does is it will take your After Effects project and it will, you know, do all of that work for you and it will... To, it'll output a native animation for Android uh, okay. and also iOS and the web as well. So when would you when would you estimate that would be a good time for me to use something like Shapeshifter versus something using like Lottie? From from what I'm gathering right now, you're saying that if perhaps someone on my design team came to me with this really complex animation, they've already written in After Effects, it's already kind of ready to go. That might be a good time to use uh, something like Lottie. Uh, or, uh, is that correct, or or am I wrong in that assumption? Um, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely use Lottie in that case. Um, okay. uh, 
the sort of the reason why I created Shapeshifter to begin with was sort of out of the front out of this frustration that I didn't know how to use design tools. So like mm-hmm. I had no idea how to use After Effects. Oh, that's I, a beast. <laughs> def, I def I definitely didn't want to have to pay like five hundred dollars in order to use a tool that I might not even end up figuring out how to use. I might not have time to figure out how to use it. Um, and so what Shapeshifter sort of, uh, what it, what I've always seen it as was sort of like this simplified, I mentioned earlier, the simplified Adobe After Effects that, you know, uh, will hopefully be, it'll hopefully be super obvious how to use it. You won't have to learn some crazy tool that has all these crazy number of settings like after effects so sort of like if you're a developer who doesn't uh know how to use design tools uh that might be it might be nice to try out shapeshifter and see if you know the if if you can create an animation that you like um because it's sort of specifically designed as this really simple dumbed down tool that uh you know anybody can use you don't have to be a designer in order to use it so that sounds fantastic because i know that when i recently hopped into after effects i've i've been a lifelong photoshop user i've been using it for over a decade and it's an adobe product and i figured hey i'm going to open another adobe product in after effects and i walked into there and i was completely lost for quite <laughs> a while and i'm still completely lost trying to wrap my head around how things work in after effects so hearing that you built shapeshifter to kind of get around that and of course the you know the insane prices that you can be charged for some of these design tools that's fantastic uh, I will be honest, when I did go to the Shapeshifter website, I did feel kind of lost a little bit. Like, I didn't know where to start. I was given this blank canvas. It's kind of like an artist. They give you a canvas and some paint, and they say, all right, go make this mm-hmm. beautiful masterpiece, but you don't know how. So given that situation, um, what would be maybe a good resource that folks could look at to say, all right, well, I want to go use Shapeshifter. I just don't know how to use it yet. Is there anything that you've built or, or any demonstrations you've uh, you've uploaded to say, here's how you can kind of uh, implement this or or create some type of uh, animation using Shapeshifter? Um, yeah, so I should probably add some videos to the README for my for the GitHub project because uh, recently there have been some videos. Uh, I think uh, if you search for a talk by Nick Butcher uh, called uh, learn some new moves. Uh, somewhere in the middle, there's like a brief, like two minute demo of how to use Shapeshifter. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, like a month from now or something, uh, hopefully the DroidCon talk will be uploaded by then. There are also uh, some videos in my talk explaining how to use it as well. Um, I'll post those in the README as soon as they go up. Um, there are also some videos in the slides. If you go to j, j.mp slash path dash morph, uh, that's the link to my DroidCon slides. And, uh, there are two video, two like two minute long videos in there that, uh, give a quick demonstration on how to use the tool. Um, yeah. Uh, so like up until now, it's been mostly just me working on this thing. Uh, and I totally acknowledge that there isn't much documentation out there explaining how to use it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's something that I've been wanting to improve for a while. Um, and hopefully I'll get a chance to do that soon. 
Fantastic. Well, we'll add the links to um, these these talks. Uh, we were able to find the one for Nick Butcher uh, and the other ones you were mentioning. So we'll definitely add those to the resources for the show notes. So if folks are interested, you want to learn how to get going with Shapeshifter, you want to kind of wrap your head around you know, some of these SVG techniques. Uh, these are great videos. So feel free to check out the show notes and uh, so you can learn a little bit more. Alex, thank you so much. I've always looked at Shapeshifter and it's been at the back of my mind every like ever since you announced it but we haven't gotten a chance to understand exactly what it is and how we can use it and i'm hoping after listening to the show most listeners have an idea as well uh you know when they can bring out the big guns and start using shapeshifter so uh, thank you so much for this this is super helpful uh, in terms of resources and just for the tool the tool itself uh, it sounds like we can get some really cool stuff going with this yeah uh yeah no problem um again if uh just to those who are listening out there, if you have any feature requests or bug reports for the tool, it's still something I'm working on and still something I, I, I definitely still see it as something that's not perfect and something that can become even better. So, uh, I'm totally open to suggestions on how to improve it and it would be really, uh, I would really appreciate it. Fantastic. And if folks wanted to do that, what's the best way they can reach you? Uh, you can tweet me at Alex J Lockwood. Uh, or you can just open a issue on GitHub and I'll be, you know, I'll be eyeing those every once in a while. And I'm usually pre- pretty quick to respond. Awesome. That sounds great. And Don, if folks want to see what you're up to, uh, that new avocado animation that you're building, <laughs> you know, from yeah, right I got to remember to, I got to remember to change the name after this. Stuff. You totally should. It's such a good name. It's an amazing name. <laughs> Uh, if folks want to see all about my healthy avocado choices, you can go to t- Twitter and uh, you can follow me there at, at Don Felker. I've also been doing a lot more over Instagram too, so you can follow me at, at Don Felker on Instagram too. What about you, Kaushik? If folks want to learn about your quarrels with your animations, where can they go? I'm Kaushik Gopal on Twitter, and that's usually the best way just to reach me. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Buddy Build. BuddyBuild is a mobile optimized continuous integration and delivery platform that takes just a few minutes to set up. Join thousands of developers who've already added BuddyBuild to their development process. Try it free today. Go to fragmentedpodcast.com slash BuddyBuild. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. Alex, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and helping us understand this. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. 